0: Coming to you from the Golden State, this is the Art for Everyone podcast. Yeah. Bringing art back to the people, one episode at a time. And bringing you compelling guest interviews with inspirational artists. And now your hosts, professional artist and owner of Carini Arts, Michael Carini, and real estate guru, Vinnie Enriquez hi everyone the art for everyone podcast my name is Vinny. my co-host over here the artist michael carini and his special guest today michael
1: take it away thank you everybody for joining us today it's going to be fun cue the Pornhub intro. intro uh, we're going to have a little more fun than usual we're going to talk about adult stuff so this episode may not be pg we're going to talk about only fans we're going to talk about erotic art and and get into all that fun stuff with somebody that I have worked with and this is Raven Lynette. So Raven let me go ahead and let you introduce yourself.
2: Hello um yeah I'm Raven Lynette. I am a full-time freelance nude art model and creator on OnlyFans for about I've been modeling overall for like over a decade. Um, I've been on OnlyFans since 2020.
1: One of my favorite things is we have people submit bios, but we also have them include like things they want to talk about. And you had the absolute best of what you want to talk about. You said anything you can do clothed, I can do better nude or something like that.
2: Anything you can do, I can do naked.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what it was. <laughs> How do you get into
0: the, the naked modeling business? I mean, was it originally modeling and then it kind of got a little promiscuous and then more and more or what happened there?
2: Um, yeah. So um, I was eight, It just turned 18 and I was looking for a job and like I was, you know, submitting applications, resume, it's like normal stuff. And then I saw a little flyer in my um, community college that I was going to at the time and uh, looking for art models for the drawing and painting classes. And so I applied I didn't really I assumed like costume stuff um so then when I went in and met the instructor and he was telling me all about it and then he says here I'll show you some work from students and it was all uh nudes and so I was like oh that kind of that kind of (laughs) art and it was kind of like shocking at first like I was a very shy person um like not comfortable with nudity at all but I was also like really needed a job and I was kind of feeling a little bit rebellious at the time. I was like, you know what, mom, I'm going to go take my clothes off (laughs) for money. And then that was that.
1: Well, and it usually pays well too. And so for those that don't know, when you do go to art school, figure drawing classes are a big part of the curriculum. A lot of times you'll have to take several semesters of it. And it's often three to six hours a day of just drawing the human form, but yet it is at most schools completely nude because it's about learning the anatomy, the physiology, uh, the way that shadows fall off the body, the interactions and whatnot. Uh, so it's very much a, a part of the journey. So when people used to ask me like, "Oh, well, what are you going to school for?" I would just tell people like, "Oh, I just go look at naked people for six hours a day," and people be like, "What?" And I'd be like, "No, that's that's what I do. That's part of my curriculum." So. Other people go and, you know, have to take chemistry and stuff. And I just go look at naked people for three to six hours a day.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think when I, when I started that, well, it pays well in most schools. The one I started, they paid the same minimum wage as they did any other student job there. So wow. at the time I was making like eight bucks an hour. <laughs> um, oh, Yeah. The normal going rate now is 30, which is about what I get paid now um, for art modeling.
3: What what did your what did your
0: parents think about it? Your mom think about it? Because you said your mom, "Hey, mom, I'm gonna do this." I mean, what yeah, did she think? We're,
2: we're about? We were not. We were, our relationship was pretty rocky at that time. Um, but then yeah, I got the job right away, and I told her, and then she was just like, "Okay, cool, don't tell your dad." <laughs> and and you know, of course, my dad found out, and my whole family knows what I do. Um, now, but yeah, they were totally cool and supportive.
3: They, they are now.
2: Sorry, what was that? <laughs>
0: They are now? They're supportive now?
2: Yeah, they know I yeah, model full-time. They all they all follow my Instagram. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. Damn. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm intrigued by the going rate you said, because when I was a student back in, and this is going to date me, uh, back in like 2002 through 2006, I think that at least at my school, the models were getting like 20 $25 plus an hour. So I'm surprised that the going rate is only... 30 at this point. Like, I would have thought people would be getting $40, $50 an hour for figure models.
2: Yeah, I mean, it should be more. Um, if I'm doing like a private sitting session for somebody, my rate is 15 an hour for that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the local studios and even like smaller studios and little like meetups and stuff that I do, it's around, yeah. it's just now like 30. And that was kind of hard to get to. We've been kind of pressing for. A raise for a while because it was 25 an hour for decades. Um, and yeah, so it's about time for a raise. Hopefully, it'll go up, but yeah, it's about average right now.
1: Well, what people don't realize is that it's a really challenging job because a lot of times the poses are not gestural, like you'll do a few gestural poses to kind of warm up, of like one minute, three minute, five minute, but a lot of times in class, we would have poses that were like north of an hour, and the model is asked to not move at all because if you move or twitch or anything like that, it can completely throw off. Yeah.
2: Drum. Yeah. So now, like the standard now, is yeah, they have the short gesture poses, um, but like the standard long pose is 20 minutes at a time. So even if the pose is for the entire three-hour class, we'll do it in 20-hour increments and take a break after every 20 minutes because you can not get nerve damage and you know that sort of thing but yeah it's hard it's hard work i'm up there sweating i'm always very sore after <laughs> so it's not easy it's not just sitting there sitting around getting paid like it's hard work
1: and it's never really flattering at all angles either is it because it's like yeah. maybe one angle is flattering but another angle you know like yeah. this is the reality of things and i know this because i myself am on only fans and whatnot and i like shoot some content in the content that's not cleaned up or polished like there's angles where I'm like, oh, is that what, you know, this is like, you see like the in-between stuff and it's yeah. not only super glamorous. Yeah, for
3: sure.
0: What's the response? I mean, I, I would assume most of the individuals there are artists, so they basically treat it like art, right? Mm-hmm. Yet I'm yeah. guessing there's outlier situations where there's people <laughs> that maybe are a little more aggressive.
2: Um, my, I mean... In that realm, but you know, I do that, and then I do photography, and then I do OnlyFans, and like I do a whole spectrum of things. But as far as like the art modeling, um, my very, I like I remember my very first class and like taking off the robe, and and it was totally normal. Like there was no nothing was weird. Like I could have been up there fully clothed. Like nothing. Everyone was super respectful. Um, I think the like that community and that environment. It's very like it's not erotic or tantalizing or anything, it's very, it's almost clinical, mm-hmm. but they are there just to study anatomy um, if anyone else has other thoughts that keep them to themselves.
0: What do they, is it more, I mean, I guess maybe a judging thing. I mean, I've heard Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about that when he looks at his body, he's like a sculptor, right? He's like doing extra work out there sculpting, but if people are looking at maybe your, like Michael's talked about your imperfections, right, and then they're like, oh my gosh, look at this on Raven or whatever it might be, that has to be kind of rough, I guess. Uh,
2: I don't really, I don't, I don't really think about it.
3: (laughs) Okay. okay.
2: (laughs) I've been on both sides, so I also for the same class that I started modeling, and I started, I um, started taking it as a student drawing. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't looking at them like judging them as like a per. Like it was literally, it was a sculpture. I was drawing a sculpture.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is interesting though because it's like sometimes as a Figure model. You will walk around and you will kind of look at the drawings from the class. Mm-hmm. If, if I was modeling, I wouldn't be able to help but look at some of the drawings and be like, "Oh, geez, am, am I really that thick in that area, or am I?" Rich? <laughs> yeah, there's
2: there's times. I mean, a lot of times, especially like with less you know experienced artists, is they draw yes. a generic Asian and it doesn't look like me. Um, so you but, see
1: people pulling in like stereotypes and stuff into the drawings, like just yeah. drawing off of memory rather than observing. Rather
2: than observing, like what's actually in front. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. Like, there's all different skill levels. Um, but yeah, the only times that I've <laughs> had like some like self-conscious things is is actually from the instructor, um, when they're like teaching, doing a demo, and they'll be like, one of, one thing that stuck out to me was. Um, doughy like draw the, the doughy shape of her legs and like i don't want anyone to describe like oh, wow. <laughs> but that was yeah that's probably the only and you have
1: to stand there just like stoic and like not have a response to anything yeah. Yeah. i have to say that the some of the models uh, started to over time because we would have the same ones in school so we kind of build a rapport so sometimes there would be a little banter back and forth between like yeah. the student or the teacher and we'd see the same models over and over again. So it was like, you, you know, them, but I mean, yeah, it really is. Like you said, it's clinical. It's just part of the process. Like my first time in the class, it was like, whoa, like, so I went from high school to college being on my own and here I am in class on day one. And for the next three hours, I'm going to be looking at a naked person. I'm <laughs> like, cool. Like, at least I'm getting something for these student loans. You know, at least I get a show out of it. But <laughs> No, and then the, for illustration majors, they have to like double up on the figure drawing courses yes. because they really need to know the inner and outer workings of the anatomy and, and the yeah. body. So, like, that's taxing on the models, it's taxing on the artists, like, six hours of just observing and documenting what's, that.
0: What's the fitness level? Is there a fitness level, or is it like it? You have people of plus-size standards that are up there, I
1: guess.
2: Yeah, like, it's the whole spectrum, especially with art modeling. Like, they want normal normal people and all different body types, all different ages, like, the whole spectrum of humans, um, which is kind of unique in that way. And I think the modeling industry in general is kind of starting to lean more that way. Um, but, yeah, for art model for, like, figure drawing and stuff, there is no fitness requirement or
1: anything like that i think it does sometimes come down to the instructor and like what their preferences are like one of my instructors uh he would routinely bring in more women than men but it was because he said that they were the female anatomy it is more aesthetically pleasing than a man so it was just uh, i think uh in line with like what he was trying to teach us but he would also bring in models that were more on the lean side because he wanted us to be able to find certain structures and points on the body, which was easier to find on somebody that was a little bit Raven's right. It kind of is a full spectrum, but I, Raven, you don't just do that though. I mean, so there are people that are like, okay, you know, I do some nude modeling. I do some erotic art, but you do some incredible stuff like the background on our YouTube feed right now. It's you swimming with sharks. You do underwater stuff. You do some stuff with ropes where you are bound uh, you and I have done some stuff where we've done some abstract painting on you. So you do some really unique things with your work. And then you also have your own artwork that you
2: do. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, so after I started art modeling for school, I was like, oh, I'm actually comfortable being naked in front of an audience. Um, so then I started to, like, I joined Model Mayhem. And then I started booking shoots right away with photographers and just kind of like it was never like my life plan <laughs> and it just kind of but it just kind of happened and grew um and then yeah I started branching out so at first it was just like art news like black and white stuff stuff you'd see in a you know for your drawing class or museum or whatever and then um you know branched out into boudoir and lingerie and glamour and that and then and then I found a fetish studio here in San Diego and started working there and did like whole kinds of stuff. And it was, you know, not so much artistic in like the traditional sense, but it was fun and enjoyable and definitely like gave me more experience trying different things. Um, and then I started Patreon, shooting my own content. And the shark photo actually is a project I did. One of the first projects I did Um for my Patreon. When I started it, I wanted it as like a kind of a fundraising for like charity kind of thing. So obviously I would pay my bills and then a portion of it would go to different charities. Um, so the first one I did was for a fox sanctuary. Um, so I raised money on there and then did a photo shoot with foxes. And then the second one, the one I'm like, like my pride and joy, was the one I did with the sharks.
0: What, I mean, how does it go with the monetary aspect, right? So you, you talked about it was eight dollars, thirty dollars an hour, and then you've done some OnlyFans. You've I mean done some um, bondage or something like that. So whatever, I mean, like so, there's like a wide variety. Is it the more I guess aggressive or the more naked you are, or more unique it is? Is is that how kind of you see the monetary aspect where you get more money out of it, or is it just basically hit or miss? Um, kinda. I've
2: I've gone. Gotten through a few phases as far as like my own pricing. Like when I first started out, I was, you know, I charge this much for clothes, this much for lingerie, this much for nude, but most photographers would want a whole spectrum of everything. And then I kind of thought about it and I was like, I'm not charging for lack of clothing. I'm charging for my skill. Hmm. Um, So then I just had one, one rate, one flat rate for that whole spectrum. Now it's kind kind of like that. I charge, like, my lowest rates is the art modeling and including some photography because it's crap for me. I don't have to worry about wardrobe and lugging all that around. Um, but I do charge more for, like, niche fetishes just because there's not a lot of people that do them. Yeah, so I, For, like, specialty stuff, I will charge more. But for, like, the spectrum of, like, non-erotic work is all pretty much one, one rate. And
1: then I know recently you posted some videos on Instagram, like some cleaning videos, I recall.
2: Um, say cleaning?
1: Yeah, wasn't it some cleaning videos not too long ago?
2: Um, yeah, so that goes back to anything you can do, I can do naked. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't even know how I decided to do this, but I also like, I like doing things myself and I like home improvement projects and I like building stuff and you know i've done some like electrical work and i'm just like oh i might as well just like take my clothes off and set my camera up and then have another and then sell the video so i guess like you could say like, it's hard for me to find a niche because i do i have so many interests and i love doing so many things But i guess like one of my niches on only fans is naked diy projects so i've like laying tile and done wallpaper yesterday actually i had to remove the wallpaper so i did a whole live stream removing the wallpaper naked um and i've done some like rewiring some lamps and stuff like that and yeah cleaning occasionally
1: <laughs> and i'm gonna need your help because i'm having a little trouble with my only fans with finding my niche so when i signed <laughs> up and i you were one of the people that i got feedback from so Uh, When I signed up, I got feedback from three of the ladies that I've worked with on OnlyFans, Raven being one of them, who's been very helpful. But I think that when I signed up, people initially had this expectation of what it was going to be. I think that people hear the name OnlyFans and they think they know what it's going to be. Whereas I kind of came on and I wanted it to be artsy, but I did want to kind of bring the physicality into it, but not necessarily make it super adult rated. I think some people that followed me initially were expecting me to kind of go there. And so I've kind of been in this teeter totter place of kind of trying to find my niche. And so the other day I actually, my roommates brought home some like bathtub finger paints. And so I did like a little Bob Ross style bathtub finger painting demo where it was like, oh, I'm gonna draw a heart today. And I did it in like my soft soothing voice. But uh, as I described it drawing a heart, what I was actually drawing was a dick on the wall. So I thought like it was funny. It was humorous. It was just me yeah. having fun. But like, yeah. I would say that my stuff doesn't go beyond like what I feel is the PG thirteen range. That it's very tongue in cheek.
2: Yeah. But,
1: you know, I'm having I'm having trouble finding my niche and building my following there.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, what you have going so far is good. It just takes time to build. Um, but humor I, I'm finding is you know pretty successful. <laughs> uh, just like recently. I did this shoot, um, a bonded shoot, and it was, like, very extravagant. Like, I was in the angel wings and hanging from this, like, a abandoned schoolhouse.
1: And you forgot to take off your shoe. I saw that.
2: Yeah. I shoes. yeah. And so I'm, like, all strung up, <laughs> and I'm trying to, like, get my shoes off. And that reel just, like, blew up. And I'm sure I'll post the final product of this beautiful photo shoot we did and it won't have (laughs) really the same success. Um, So yeah, I'm finding the value in recording and like using those funny in-between moments.
1: And that's one of the difficult things and things that you and I have talked about a lot is when you're in this line of work, finding ways to market and promote it because social media at times can be not so accepting of it. And sometimes, even when you probably post your more PG stuff, some of the more PG stuff will get flagged and get you suspended. Yeah. Whereas, you know, sometimes you get away with some of the R-rated stuff. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it.
2: Yeah, yeah I've had, I've had, like, those things flagged and taken down for sexual solicitation.
1: <laughs> Same. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you been solicitated? Or, um Someone on your DMs like slide in that kind of stuff like
3: oh yeah all the time because um, we have
0: who do we have before that someone talked about that right they get a lot of that autumn yeah autumn autumn yeah
2: yeah yeah I I mean thankfully now like Instagram's messaging system is pretty like organized where anyone new goes to a request a hidden request folder actually like their bots or AI or whatever flags certain words and language so I don't see half of those nowadays um, uh-huh. but yeah I used to get messages
1: all the time I mean even I get some not not as many as I think a woman would in this line of work but I mean I I get some here and there and even it throws me off you know and I can only imagine for a woman it's like now you can handle yourself you box so we'll talk about that like you can (laughs) kick some ass but like I'm not a huge guy but I'm a little beefier than I used to be so it's like you know I can handle myself but sometimes when people send me certain things I'm like oh you know, I, I. feel a little vulnerable like here like i don't know like and i don't know this person or like where they're coming from
3: so i, I can only
1: imagine like what a woman has to deal with when because people make certain like we talked about certain assumptions mm-hmm. when you're in a line of work and they may cross boundaries because they think certain things are okay or they may know they're not okay but do them anyway because guys do stupid shit yeah yeah I,
2: there, I get aggressive messages
0: all the time michael for you i guess or both you was there ever a number in your head like hey you know what I would maybe if that number was ten dollars. Yeah, well, not ten dollars for Michael, I know that, but like He's a, like a million—I don't know—something like something crazy number. I mean, because you yeah, got—I mean, I—I I think right that saying right that most people have a number that they probably do stuff right.
3: I mean,
2: the risk of getting murdered. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. that's part <laughs> of
3: the fun, though, isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I ignore most of those messages. Sometimes I'll engage because it's funny. Like, yeah, yeah gotten, I wish I, had, I, wish I could pull some up on my phone. I've screenshotted some really funny ones.
1: Well, that there, would be a fun thing to post or to share in social media. Is like some of the messages that you get, like the the humorous side of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you do you like put them on blast? Because don't some people do that where they get like direct messages and like people like how aggressive and they take a screenshot of it and they share it.
2: I, I don't do that I think I've done it one time with someone who was a photographer
1: um, oh. it wasn't me was it <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know I usually will will cross out the name and then just be like fellow models if you want to know who this is message me like i I think it looks tacky to blast someone like that over a message unless they've like done something really dangerous yeah. um, but just sending me like annoying insulting, <laughs> harassing messages isn't enough for me to like stoop to that level, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'll, I will definitely like share names with other models just for safe model safety.
1: But Vinny, I have to go back to your question, because I feel like I kind of slid under the radar by not actually answering that. And I feel like I need to be held accountable. So for me, like there are definitely certain numbers that I would have in mind. But for me, it would also come down to who the person is. Like if it's somebody that I'm like, oh, you know, they're attractive, like. You know, it kind of changes the conversation there.
3: <laughs> no, for man, you know, uh,
1: man,
0: <laughs> I remember there was like a running joke or something like that. I was like, man, I would for it, I would do it for it for egg, like crazy number, right? There's a, whatever it is, right? But it's, I mean, you got to think that you probably get solicited so many times and it becomes a slippery slope, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember I talked to this, um, one woman that she was in the porn industry for a long period of time, and she goes, "I was doing pictures, but then the op- opportunities and the money I was getting thrown in my direction about doing that kind of stuff, I was like, it's not that, not too far <laughs> to kind of think it, right? So you always think, okay, what's the slippery slope? A little bit extra, a little bit extra, a little bit extra. Oh, I got to go this direction, you
3: know? Like, yeah.
2: I mean, the slippery slope is also the legality. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, know, not worth it. Not even worth it to discuss it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I had Snapchat for a while that I was kind of using to promote my OnlyFans, which was kind of a mistake. I like it blew up, grew really fast. So I went there because I'm not growing on Instagram because I'm shadow banned. Snapchat grew really fast, but you have to be like so careful because there's minors on there, and like I wouldn't send anything. I like you have to age verify first. (laughs) Oh
3: yeah, good point.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting time we live in because of these different things. And it's like, even with the podcast and like my page, it's like, it's an art page, but it's kind of all encompassing of art. And so sometimes, you know, there are arts at all levels. There's art for adults, there's art for kids, and then there's stuff that kind of spans and crosses over. But like, I don't want to exclude or leave anything out because it's part of the totality of the experience. Like we are more than one thing. Like Raven, what you said, you know, you do more than one thing. You are more than just one of the things that you do.
3: Mm-hmm. And so it's like
1: i don't want to leave anything out but uh, these are things that we definitely need to take into consideration i mean we actually we didn't get in trouble but when we did the talk with autumn before like we had been working with a, a bigger company about like sponsoring the show and mm-hmm. then like the next episode was talking about sex and art and marketing and i don't mm-hmm. feel like we crossed uh, even like a pg-13 level of that conversation like i feel like we're actually a little more explicit in this one and even this one like there's a level of professionalism to it, even though we're, you know, tongue in cheek having a little fun with it. Yeah. But it's not just being explicit for the sake of being explicit. It's just talking about real world things and things that happen and things that people do. And sex work is legitimate work and something that is, is in the world. And so it should be acknowledged and we should be able to have the conversations because how can we pass judgment on it in any direction if we're not talking about it? Yeah. What if you
0: were building out like a platform, right? That was open to all ages. So not like OnlyFans just but open to all ages like Instagram I guess, right?
3: Mm-hmm. What would
0: be the cap of the censorship? Like if you were controlling it, would it be strictly no like genitalia, no like nipples? I mean, what would that look like?
3: For an all ages platform? All
0: ages, right? I mean, like if you were if you were saying, okay, I I'm going to rewrite how I guess Instagram does it and allow what they what kind of content allow on there.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, because I I like I think you know like minors should be protected from a certain level yeah. of things, obviously. Um, but I also think that they should also be raised to not be ashamed of their bodies. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: so I think like I wouldn't draw the line at nudity. It would be the context of the new nu- of nudity. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um
0: but, but what would that look like? I mean, is there is there something to like put I mean because it becomes like I, mean, I had this talk with someone man a long time when COVID was happening, right? They're like, oh my gosh, wear a mask. I mean, it's so stupid, blah, blah. I go, You're you're basically writing a, a whole like rule system to protect every single person, right? You can't like do nuances and that kind of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like like how would you describe, I guess, what that would look like? I mean the
2: uh... I mean ideally it would be the user has to age verify and certain okay. things and certain things they can't see. And so while it's like the censorship on Instagram is annoying and is very flawed because it's not consistent. Like I get why it's there. Um, There are other sites, social media sites that do allow everything, but then it just becomes just porn. So, so like I don't know if you've heard of Mewi. Yeah. No one knows that anymore. It just became just like this, (laughs) this mess of just porn dick pics and, you know, And what is it called? Okay,
3: I'm gonna sign up for that.
0: Michael, he has his new platform.
2: Yes. Uh, But yeah, so, and honestly, like the censorship, if if I was able to post everything everywhere uncensored for free, no one would see it. Yeah. So I'm not that
1: bad about it. Well, and that's why I started the OnlyFans because it was like, I would post well one, I would get in trouble on Instagram and Facebook, but you know, people would respond to it. I get DMs, I think it would lead to some sales and things like that. But I'm like, you know, why am I doing this? I need to get on a subscription-based platform. So I started the OnlyFans. And there with OnlyFans, you can choose to have things for free, or you can choose to charge. And I said, I'm definitely going to charge for subscription. Cause if I'm going to show my ass, which I do on OnlyFans, people are going to pay to see my ass. Like it's not like a ton of it, but like there may be a couple posts in a row at certain times where I was like, oh, well we happened to get a bunch that day, but you know, yeah, I'm going to make people pay for that to see that. But I think it comes down to Vinny, the settings because there have been times that I've seen people do a classical, beautiful drawing of somebody like in a figure drawing class Mm -hmm. and they can't post it because it shows quote nudity, but it it's art. It's like, would you consider a renaissance painting that shows a woman's boobs like would you consider that adult or inappropriate or pornographic no you wouldn't so there are like such gray areas and i don't think that there's like a governing body that can really there's always going to be people that are unhappy about that but when you and i did our shoot raven i posted some photos and some videos that showed no boob uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of times just like middle of the stomach or the back and those would get flagged yeah. and it wasn't showing any more skin than somebody wearing a crop top or somebody at the beach or something like that. So yeah. it was completely nonsensical that it would get flagged. And then like, if you're a full-time artist or this is how you make your living and, and you have that monetized to get banned or suspended or lose your monetization status can do some tremendous damage to your business. And mm-hmm. I know that happened to you Raven, where you lost your monetization status yes. in this a couple times.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gone for good now. <laughs> I got it back, I think I got it back twice, and then, and now they're so strict, they flag anything, like, even bikini, or anything like that, so. I've given up on Instagram, meta. No, <laughs> Instagram.
3: I, I feel you.
1: I mean, that's why I opened the OnlyFans, <laughs> I was like, I'm tired of doing this, so, like, I'll drop some stuff in my stories once in a while, but I'll, like, I think I learned this from you, were you the one that would draw on clothes? Yes. So, yes, I started doing that. And so I actually had a meeting with OnlyFans headquarters recently and was talking to them about how I can better promote them to open up doors for other artists and other people in creative avenues because, you know, it can be adult stuff, and I support that, and that's perfectly okay. But it can be other things too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it started as other things. It didn't start as an adult platform at all. Um, But the adult performers are what made them their billions. So –
3: because
1: yeah, when they tried to cut that off, it lasted like what, like a couple days, and they yeah. were like, Oh, shoot, we lost all our money, we got
3: to bring that back. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's it's uh, I mean, it's a hard question, right? Because they're going to have hard, like, different rules here compared to what in like Europe, right? Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. If, if Europe. I guess they have. Europe probably has their own kind of thing. I know they use Instagram, but I mean, if they were built over there, but then also with violence, right? We're, well, we're, we're okay more okay with it than they are over there, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah, that. That's
2: that's the thing problem. that like really kind of that's that's what I'm not okay with is how okay they are with violence. Um, yeah. So you can you can post something really shocking and viol- you could like horrible on Instagram and just put a little disclaimer on it and it's fine and yeah. it'll get pushed to non-followers and everything. Um, but as a adult creator or just a new artist in general, I don't have that option to just like put a warning on it and then it's fine. So it's, yeah, it, it's not right how like, okay, we are with violence, but like a nipple is too shocking.
1: And what I find interesting too is companies, because I've run into this companies that say, Oh, we support people of all lifestyles and people that do whatever, but we can't post anything or support anybody that does this. It's like, okay, no, you don't really support them. (laughs) You
3: just want
1: their money and you want to say you support them or not be directly against them. But the fact that you would remove content of somebody in that line of work promoting your stuff means that you really don't support them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a shame. I mean, like, obviously, like, sex sells stuff. It's used.
1: More than anything it it
0: sells.
2: sells. Yeah, it's used in mainstream stuff, so... Everyone's
0: a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. So, being that you have like, I mean, uh, so many different titles you do with OnlyFans, you do basically the the modeling. I mean, do you do you classify yourself? Someone asks you what you do. Do they? Do you just say modeling, or do you say erotic modeling, or what do you what do you kind of say as your title?
2: Um, my title changes depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll say I'm starting to like get more comfortable just saying like I'm a model, like just even uh-huh. that was uncomfortable to me for a while hmm. uh, because no, hardly anyone takes it seriously as a job or like they think, sit around and do nothing. Um, or it felt too, I don't know, pretentious to say that. Um, but now, yeah, I say like I'm a full-time art model or traveling model or whatever. Um, there was one time where I was talking to face-to-face with another person, like a friend of a friend and, it got on the topic of what do you do? Because that's where all small talk goes. And she said that she was a uh, social media manager. And then I said, oh, me too. <laughs> and she said, oh, like what like what genres? And I said, I'm an OnlyFans. And she goes, oh, okay, me too. <laughs> and like, so everyone, like we all censor ourselves until we know we're in the right company. And like, I, that felt good to just be able to be like, yeah, this is what I do and I'm proud of it.
1: Oh, see, I'm all about it. Like I was at the chiropractor yesterday and I wore my art daddy shirt and the chiropractor was like, I like your shirt. And I said, that's my only fan's name. Like, so everybody could hear like, and then I wore it to the gym too. Like I give, I give no shits what anybody thinks, but I just want somebody to sign up for my goddamn page. Like give yeah. me my $9 so I can get a
3: burrito. Yeah.
0: Is, is there any, any, um. I know you've already said your kind of parents are fine with it, and it sounds like. You, I mean, your title of it is really good. Is there still stigma, like in like the dating scene? I guess when you're you're out there meeting people, I mean, how they perceive it? Do like what's their response? I mean.
2: Um, well, I'm in a I'm in a long term relationship. going on fifteen years this year. Oh, um, is that, so is that, when
0: did you start in the business?
2: Uh, in twenty. 20- 2011.
0: Oh, so that was, uh, you were in the relationship before you started the business? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky, like, he's we, fully supportive of everything, and yeah, was, was, I imagine it's hard for other people. Was <laughs>
0: that conversation, like, I mean, when you said that you're gonna, because cause you already have the relationship, and then now it's not just you, I guess, making the decision of, of showing your full self?
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was early on in our relationship, so um. Yeah. I was just like I'm thinking of doing this job. Are you Are you cool with it? And he's like, Yeah. And then you know, he was he was always very you know very supportive from the beginning. Like, not one of those like, Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that.
3: Uh,
2: I've never been one to be like, Oh, let me ask my boyfriend if it's okay. Uh, um. Or he says, Oh, he won't let me. Like, no, I do what I want. Like, as long as it's not directly hurting him, and we have a conversation about it. Um, but yeah, so he, I think that first, first or second class that I did, the instructor had met him also and was like, oh, he's welcome to come in and just see what it's like and that it's not nothing sketchy." (laughs) And so he did come in, walk in on one of the classes that I was posing for. And he's like, yeah, it was shocking seeing you up there naked in front of all these people. But I got over it real fast and yeah. He's a com- Like, early on, when I first started working with photographers, he would accompany me just as, like, my escort. Oh um, yeah, he's kind of he's been here every step of the way. Oh, awesome. But yeah, I imagine it would be hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was just now meeting someone and finding out, like, they do all this stuff, I would, you know, probably feel a little insecure.
1: Now, me, I would love to meet a lady that is very successful on OnlyFans that can – guide me and nurture me on my only fans journey so that i can perform better <laughs> but uh, i guess i'm not typical but uh earlier you mentioned model mayhem is is that still around these days or is that kind of gone the wayside
2: it's, it's there it's, it's, you know <laughs> crawling along it hasn't it hasn't changed much other than people, less people use it
1: because i remember um, that used to be the way that like photographers would find people like it was yeah. a very big thing so is that not how people find Do people just look to social media now and contact directly more Actually,
2: so? Yeah, I think that's probably more prevalent now, social media. Um, one thing that Model Mayhem has that I like, though, is uh, verified credits. So um, if you work with a photographer, or work with a model, you can give them a verified credit that shows up on their bio as, like, I worked with this person, and you can leave a review. So that's helpful when you're like vetting photographers and checking references. Um, it's not foolproof obviously but it is nice to to like narrow down the pool of people that I'm like if, if I'm on a tour and I'm cold calling a bunch of photographers I prioritize the ones that have a long list of um, verified credits yeah um, so that's useful but it's yeah the people aren't as active on that website anymore
1: and with your experience in the industry I imagine you probably have had some less than ideal encounters or run-ins with people in the industry?
2: I have, yeah. Um, not that many, not as many compared to others and nothing like super dangerous. Um, but yeah, just some you know, very uncomfortable situations that um, where I, I told the photographer afterwards, like I won't be working with you again because X, Y, and Z. Um, I've never had to end a shoot early yet. Um, there was one shoot I was on with another model and we were so uncomfortable the whole time. And as soon as we left, we were both like, yeah, if we weren't together. We would have ended it early. Like, we didn't have each other. Um, but for the most part, I'm pretty good about checking my references and contacting other models and just feeling out, you know, listening to my intuition.
1: And I imagine that's something that you got better at too as you got experience because like, you got to know the industry. And just like with the art world, like the longer that I'm in, it in dealing with In experiencing the bad things, I learn kind of what works, what doesn't, what I want, what I don't want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that you learn as you go. And um, I mean, the freelance model around the world is pretty supportive. So like any other model can reach out to me and I'll give references and vice versa.
1: Now, what I want to know now is, were you ever able to get the purple paint off of your floor from when we did our shoot?
2: (laughs) I got most of it off. I think there's a few little specks here and there, but now I have a rug.
1: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So uh, people that see the photos or see output for shoots, a lot of times we're like, oh, wow, that's really nice. But they don't see the behind the scenes. Like, So when we did our project together, it was basically in your living room like people walking by might have been able to see in the window of what we were doing and wondering like what the hell is going on there
2: <laughs> i mean i'm sure my neighbors get quiet the show and the air pools, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you i mean so like if uh, and i'm assuming you probably get it to be in the business for what 12 years something like that 13 years whatever you said it was um like if uh, uh, someone that was in your shoes at 18 years old and looking to kind of get into the business, what kind of advice would you, I guess, give them? I mean, cause you can't give them the, I guess the, the skills that you picked up where you can kind of know who's a good one, who's a bad one, but what kind of advice mm-hmm. would you give them getting into it?
2: Um, if they just like wanted to get started modeling in general, I would, I would definitely say like art modeling just cause it's a safe, mostly safe environment, um, safe and controlled environment. And just to like get comfortable in your own skin and being nude and vulnerable in but, front of people. Would you make um, sure there's like a
0: backed by like an art institution or because
2: oh, I, I start at a community college. A community college, okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, local art studios. Um, but yeah as far as I mean 18 seems like so little now. <laughs> like I see the other 18 year olds and like, oh a baby. Um, but yeah I mean it, it is so different now. I, I, Instagram is a good place to kind of like build a portfolio for free. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I did a a pretty, the route I took was a pretty good one and you know, it progressed into more intense levels of stuff.
1: Now you also do fine art too though. Uh, Where is your fine art going these days? Are you doing it a lot? What type of work are you doing?
2: Um, I, yeah, it's kind of, I I like a lot of things. So, like, I've sculpted and I do resin stuff and I do some painting. I recently started doing acrylic pores, which I really like. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, like, my multimedia art stuff is kind of all over the place. I'd like to build somewhat of a body of work and hopefully, you know, sell it galleries or um, on my own. I have a website, my own website, and I'm in the process of doing a storefront on there as well where I'll have prints like photography prints, as well as my own like artwork.
1: I think that's a good strategy. And that's what I always tell people that ask me for advice is if you do multiple things, find a way to integrate them together. It's like with me, because I am so into fitness, like the OnlyFans was kind of a logical choice. It's like, Mm -hmm. I already have monetized my art. The Mm -hmm. other things that I love are my animals and my animals are always in my content, but Mm -hmm. fitness. And so why not monetize the fitness? Like if you can monetize the things that you love most in life, you're kind of living your dream there.
3: Yeah. But yeah.
1: Uh, for me, it was like uh, finding a way to do the art and then monetize the fitness, but also kind of have some fun with like the brand building through things like products, like the shirts, the hoodies, all the funny tongue in cheek things that I like to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. Like I'm, I'm trying to combine it all. <laughs> um, so like with the sharks, like I love the ocean. So doing that in a photo shoot form and, being able to give back to um conservation and stuff and and then like with the erotic art like the stuff that i like to paint i like painting nudes female nudes and and you know integrating the female form and that sort of thing so yeah i'm trying to like combine all my passions into one business i guess
1: well that's the way to do it and you do some really difficult shoots though because you do some underwater stuff where, like, there was a time that you said you almost drowned, I believe, and then oh, some of the things no. where you're, <laughs> <laughs> of course not, uh, and then some of the things where you're bound. Like these are things for long periods, and like you and I have talked about, like, one of the things that we wanted to do was like a potentially uh, one of the painting the shoots post-it. where we paint yeah. on you but when you're bound, and yeah. then. We even threw in the idea of, okay, well, are you going to be bound but underwater? And how do we make the paint kind of work underwater? Like, so, like, Absolutely. we throw out some crazy ideas and stuff, but I mean, you do some stuff that is very challenging to do and that requires you to have this discipline.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like, I like a challenge. So, I mean, I love Shabari, which is the, you know, rope art, um, bondage art. And I love underwater. I was like, I folded them together. And also, like, there is some shock value there, I guess. But um yeah, I mean it was I any of the like dangerous stuff I do is there's a whole I have safety every I've thought about all the safety professions. Um so I've never almost drowned. <laughs> um but underwater modeling in general it like, kind of feels like voluntarily drowning because you're getting water up in your sinuses and down your throat and it is
0: so, <laughs> so Shapari, that's it, Shapari, right? Is that it? Right?
2: Shabari Shabari.
0: Shabari. So is that is that like bondage art, or is that just any kind of with knots and pictures? Um,
2: yeah, it's the Japanese rope bondage. Um, oh. I mean, there's variations of it. What I use is not true shibari, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's rope bondage, specifically rope. Huh. And it's usually like very intricate knots and suspensions and being tied in all these odd contortions.
1: And it takes a long time to set up, too, doesn't it? Um.
2: Yeah, I mean it depends on how intricate the the rigor is going with the knots. Um, I think like nor like the suspensions I've done, I'm probably not hanging for more than ten minutes. Um, you do it is very challenging, and like the, recent, the Angel one, like I did get really faint hanging in that position. Um, so yeah, it's it's actually pretty quick. <laughs> I you think have that's
3: people I'm that come spoon
1: feed you like when you need like little bits of energy like uh, water water or something.
2: No, maybe let me down and yeah you know, then I drink my electrolytes and then I'm good.
1: <laughs> well, and I have to say I have great respect for anybody that does modeling clothes or unclothed because I did a couple posts recently where I showed kind of my my genuine face when I'm shooting content versus <laughs> my face when it's posted. And, like, it's exhausting. Like, when I have to stand still for, like, even 10 seconds for someone to take a photo of me and they I have to, like, move position or something like that, I'm like, oh, God, this fucking sucks. So, you know, I have to give a lot of credit and respect to models for the work that they do because it is not super easy. And, like, you mentioned, sometimes it gets super hot or super cold. You could be sweating, you could be uncomfortable, you could be tired, you could be hungry. It, it's mm-hmm. not as easy as a lot of people think.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> the are, are where where are you based out of Raven?
3: San Diego.
0: Oh, you're in San Diego. Oh, okay, okay. The um is there other like styles of art that you're interested in kind of learning about? I mean, because that's a spe- specified kind of art, the and I already forgot the name, the <laughs> the not tying one, but what? are there other styles of it that you're like looking into and you're like, okay, this could be another branch to branch off in, into?
2: Um like specifically like, yeah, like stuff or
0: well I I don't know. I mean I I've seen their stuff where, and I know this is probably the avenue that you go, but where, where people pay to like um watch people eat food or something like that.
2: Oh and, like, I'm guessing there's other
0: styles of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, so I mean yeah, like the fetish world is huge. Very right? yeah. I forget what the eating's the eating one's called. Um but I've you know I've done little variations of eating and or being eaten <laughs> or oh, wow. <laughs> uh, like actually like a monster eats me. Um,
3: oh.
2: Called four. Um but yeah, I'm kind of like I'm always I'm always open to try like try new things. Um I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head that I'm like wanting to try right now.
0: Um Do you
2: but see- one of- sorry,
0: what no oh, no no no, answer your question? I was going yeah, go over.
2: Um one of my other like genres is Or like niches is uh, underwater fetish stuff. So, those are fine. Um, Just holding my breath as long as I can underwater. I've done one where I was pretending to drown. Is that the one you're talking about? Maybe that's
1: what I was talking about. Yeah. Or I remember like I like I don't I didn't think that you actually almost drowned, but I know that you do have to hold your breath for long periods of time, and sometimes you take in water. But I remember that you actually. Was it even, I think it was on OnlyFans, didn't you actually have something, you almost got banned from, yes. okay, I don't want to speak, but didn't you almost get banned because like of a description, because OnlyFans actually has rules too.
3: Yeah, but, they're actually
2: pretty strict compared to other cult sites.
1: <laughs> but you can't write the word blood, because one time I tried to write blood, sweat, and tears in a description mm-hmm. on OnlyFans, and it was like, mm, you're violating, and I'm like,
2: yeah. great, now yeah, I'm violating here too, what the fuck?
1: But um, I think you can't use the what was it drown or something like that. Um, Yeah,
2: they were they were letting me type the word because most of the time if a word is banned, it'll tell you it won't even let you send the message until you fix that. So they were letting uh, the client, the fan, and I were messaging back and forth, and he was explaining exactly what he wanted, and that was all fine. Uh, None of our messages were getting flagged, but then as soon as I sent the video, or it was me pretending to drown, like violently pretending to drown underwater. Um, then, yeah, they flagged it and removed it. Um, but then I think they brought it back. It's, their support is not consistent either. Um, but yeah. (laughs)
3: OnlyFans
1: OnlyFans is interesting because it's not an app. It's a site. Like Mm -hmm. there is no OnlyFans app. And I didn't know that until I signed up for it. And I realized like, oh, I actually just got to go to the website, but there's not an app you can put on your phone.
2: Yeah. So you can put an icon on your home screen like an app. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's not technically an app that you're in. You're so
0: the request comes in and then you do the video. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what happens?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The request comes in, we talk about it, just make sure it's all within the limits that I'm willing to do. And then I usually charge half up front and then half when I do it.
0: So how much, how many, like, what's the, the request to acceptance? Is it like every five requests I'll do probably one out of them or it's, a? I mean, most people usually know what my boundaries are and that's what I'm willing to do. Or what does it usually look like?
2: Yeah. I haven't really had to, I mean, anything safe and legal. <laughs> I, I haven't had too many, like really out of the box, crazy things that I've had to decline. Um,
1: I haven't had any requests yet. I, I was kind of actually hoping to get one just so I could kind of gauge like how wild they would be because what I'm running into is like with my audience, like there's people that have come, people that have gone, but I notice a lot of them kind of don't really like to interact. They kind of like to sit back and like just observe because it's a different type of platform. You know, I understand maybe it's a little more voyeuristic. So maybe they don't want to like, maybe they don't want to comment, but that doesn't mean that they're not enjoying the content. So like, I'm kind of confused right now. Cause I'm like, I can't tell if people are liking this or liking that yeah. and so like, waiting for a request to like, get some type of feedback of like, are, are people kind of okay with what I'm doing or do they want something different? And like, even if it's something I'm going to say no to, and I'm like, or even if it's something where I'm like, hell no, I'm just kind of curious to see what people yeah. will ask for or what they would ask for.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can run polls and stuff on there, but even then, yeah, a lot, a lot of them are just lurking and, Kind of
1: shy um which is okay yeah which i just want to yeah. know i just want to know if i'm doing an okay job like i want to know if our daddy's doing all right <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah i think that because of what you do though because i mean of course i think that there are growing scenes for different things but like the underwater stuff that you do like i feel like there's not a lot of people that can do that yeah so I-, I feel like you may be like one of the top people in your niche because of the difficulty within the niche
2: yeah um yeah i mean i've gotten really good feedback from people i've done customs for for that like it's the best one that they've gotten like the drowning one for instance was very impressed <laughs> um but yeah it is definitely a small niche um but it's also broadly like, it covers like breath play and like some some of the same people that order the underwater stuff sometimes they'll also just want me hold my breath on the couch
1: and then as long as i can see i need people to start asking me for stuff like that like yeah you can pay me for that i'll do that i'll hold my breath i feel like i've been holding my breath for 40 years
0: (laughs) is it simply you just like i mean because i think in the picture in the background you're in like a bathing suit so is it like you in a bathing suit just like on your couch holding your breath
2: sometimes or sometimes nude um sometimes they specifically don't want nude So, like, some of the fetish stuff is actually, like, the most clothed stuff. Like, because that's not the focus of the fetish. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the drowning one, I was in a bathing suit because they want it, like, realistic. Like, I'm just going for a swim. Um, But, yeah, some of the breath-holding ones, I'll do clothes, nude, whatever. Um, Or sometimes at least in a bikini or something because they like to see. So, when you're holding your breath, Past a certain point your, your diaphragm starts to contract and you can actually see that. Um so never like fully covered, but not always new either. Do you
0: do you ever try I mean, and I don't know, but do you ever like try to dissect where the the um, excitement comes from behind the picture? I mean like why that person likes that style so much. Do you ever try to think that or is it kind of hey, I'm getting paid to do a job, I like it
2: like i'm always curious about how like fetishes start and develop Mm. um i imagine a lot of it happens in childhood or is triggered by something in childhood that they have no memory of even Mm. um the breath holding thing i get like you i enjoy holding my breath and um you get past the like it you can raise endorphins and all that so like i understand that and Excitement of oh, are you gonna? When's your next breath gonna come? Or are you gonna drown? Are you gonna black out? Like I, I can get like the, the excitement of that, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've have done a couple questionable ones where I was like, "Is this person okay?" Yeah. <laughs> and
3: yeah. then,
1: you also do quite a few collabs. Like, where you like you worked with me, you work with a number of ladies too. I've seen in your posts. Mm-hmm you are very open to working with other people, not just like people behind the camera, but in front of the camera. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love working with other people. It's, you know, it's just as variety, I guess. And it's fun to kind of feed off each other's creative energy.
1: And I feel like in this industry, because it's like what I'm experiencing myself is that the only real way to promote it is to kind of work with other people that are, connected to the same type of work and like word of mouth type of thing.
2: Yeah, networking is is super important. Um, As far as like with OnlyFans, they they say to kind of collaborate with people of your similar looks and body type because you'll have the same audience. Um, But that's not always the case. Like I've worked with people with totally different looks than me and yeah, we both benefit from it and expand our circle.
1: I heard the same thing and I found that really intriguing because I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like if you like girls with big butts, then you like girls with big butts. But like mm-hmm. for me, like I thought that maybe, and this is kind of how I approach art galleries is I thought that maybe the thing that's missing would be the intriguing thing. So like maybe sometimes I would do, and this could be my downfall, maybe why I haven't really found my niches. Cause like I do sometimes post my shoots with you and then mm-hmm. I'll post my shoots with, Autumn and then I'll post stuff that's just me and then I'll post stuff that's working out and then I'll post stuff that's me doing prep work. And so like, I'm kind of like in all different directions and sometimes it's just a guy. So, you know, maybe my male audience likes that. Maybe my male audience likes it when I post with a female, maybe they don't, you know, like, but I I just figured my general approach is kind of what you described your art with and what you do is it's just me being me and kind Mm -hmm. of going through this journey. Yeah, finding myself in like doing these things and learning and sharing the good and the bad and the totality of the experience
2: yeah yeah and I think like the you know because you can get free porn anywhere so like why pay for only bands and it's so it's I think it's the authenticity of like connecting with another person so like especially when I do my lives, like people love when I do lives. So it's just me being me being silly um, or the behind the scenes stuff like I'm just kind of a dork so <laughs> Like that, I think that's the draw of it. Um, so when it comes to like finding your niche or anything like that, it's just it's a place to just be yourself because that's what people are drawn
1: to. And that's some of the feedback that I got. It was like the mm-hmm. intimacy of the experience and the lives. Mm-hmm. And people actually sometimes even prefer the more raw content, like not the mm-hmm. polished pictures, but just like the, hey, the lighting's not super great here. It's not the most flattering angle, but it, it's like real. There's that authenticity to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I kind of struggle with that sometimes because I, like, as an artist, like, I want it to be very visually appealing, and I don't want it to look like everything else you can get for free. So sometimes, like, I will put a lot into production and to editing and to singing it with music and, like, doing all this fancy lighting stuff. But a lot of the stuff that people like the most is the behind the scenes. Yeah,
1: like, you'll spend all that time polishing the content posted. You don't really get the engagement. And then, like you said, like, you'll have the blooper thing or something like yeah. that. You post that, the thing that has no effort, and you're just like, oh, fuck my life. Like, why do I even try?
2: Yeah, so, like, the stuff that is a lot more work, I do that for me. And then, you know, the stuff that makes the money is, is the easy behind-the-scenes stuff, mostly. And do you... I still like to, you know, I still like to edit and do, make a big production of things.
1: And you're pretty open about what you do, but how actively do you promote it? Because there are a lot of people out there, men, women, and others, that maybe do some of this stuff, but have to kind of keep it under the radar because they could get in trouble at work or they don't want family to know stuff
3: like that. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like kind of, I'm like kind of on the fence that like I hint at what I do. I, I mean, I like promoting on Instagram and stuff like that. I, I have like that as far as I can go is hinting at what I do. Um, and, but I'm also at the point where it's like, I don't think it, like I think the stigma around sex work is old and needs to die. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm like if someone asks, if, like if someone asks me what I, exactly what I do or ask, do you do X Y and Z? I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, I don't like shout it from the rooftops <laughs> about the erotic stuff. Um, and anything that I do share publicly is my polished like
1: artsy twist. On well, and you mentioned something too, you mentioned uh, criticism uh, of sex workers, but people that criticize, like, like I have to ask them, I'm like, well, have you ever watched porn before? Like if you've ever watched porn in your life, then you don't really have the right to criticize the sex workers.
3: Actually.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Raven, where can people find you since you are a little harder to find in some cases.
2: Yeah, I mean you can Google my name, Raven Lynette, and my something should pop up. Um, I have my website, RavenLynette.com, and that has actually for like it's so funny like people the people that hound me for like free nudes and like it's really funny. Just go look and <laughs> so like my website ravenlinette.com has my like, full portfolio on there and then it also has all the links to my other stuff so i have a link to my only fans and patreon and i think i have my bent box on there i might have to update that um my main instagram is raven underscore linette you have to type out the whole thing to find me but any of any of the raven linettes We'll link back to my main account. So I also have Raven Underwater, which is my underwater account. Um, and that's kind of a mix of the safe clothes underwater photography, videography, and then also just my own, like, adventures free diving in the ocean. Um, and then my art page, raven underscore realm underscore art, I believe. And then my newest backup is Raven Lynette Fine Art Nude, but instead of a you,
1: it's a- so that's what i was going to ask you do you have the multiple pages and it could be both but do you have the multiple pages because you kind of like to separate the things you do or is it more of a safety precaution
2: um kind of both so at first i was trying to kind of separate things but then i was like it's all me and like i want to sh- show the real me so i'm gonna have everything on my main account, basically. account um, but, like, I definitely notice, like, things get, like, if I post an art piece on my main account, I get, it's crickets. Um,
1: well, say, that's my life, too. So,
2: uh, <laughs> Or even, like, the underwater stuff isn't as popular on my main account as just, like, me and lingerie. Um, but it's also, yeah, safety precautions since I keep getting things flagged. And I can't even post censored or implied nudes, really, on my main account. Um, but I still want to have a place where that can be showcased. Um not just for OnlyFans stuff, but for like booking um, or being hired by photographers. Because um, I've recently had some photographers that be like, that are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't hire glamour models, or I don't hire boudoir models. I only hire fine art models." And it's like, well, that was my main, <laughs> that was my bread and butter. That was my main, you know, genre for most of my career. But I just can't share it on Instagram. So um, that's why I have so many accounts now.
1: Well, and we'll put all your information in the YouTube description. We'll also get you up on the podcast website, which is my website. So we'll give a link there so people can find you through my website. But before we leave, I selfishly want to ask. So when you and I get around to doing a collaboration again, what is your kind of ideal collaboration that we do? now? Especially now, because when you and I talked before, I was not on OnlyFans at the time. But now I am, so I can better kind of promote things. So uh, fair game, anything's up in the air. What is the collaboration? What do you think? What are we doing?
2: Well, I definitely want to do that suspension, the shibari suspension, just dripping the paint, paint dripping everywhere. Um, I want to do two versions, So, I want to do a clothed version and a nude version. I think we just did nude when you painted me on my floor.
1: well, and the difficult thing is, is, it's like when you're dealing with paint and paint coverage, it's like once you have paint on you, you kind of have paint on you unless yeah. you're working with. Now, the other thing is, and again, I don't recommend this for anybody, but with my shoots, what I have done sometimes is I have used diluted acrylics, which is, again, I know not OSHA approved, not the safest thing, but like you cannot find, and we talked about this with Lonicromium, you cannot find. Large volumes of body paint. Yeah, and you can't hard. find a gallon of body paint of any color. Like it's just not a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is hard to find it in large quantities. Um, there's always tempera paint.
1: <laughs> that probably would be a little better because we did find that the and I have know this myself because I have covered myself in the acrylic
2: yeah, and then
1: like. You don't leave it on for long periods of time, and there always is a disclaimer that I warn the models ahead of time, and we don't do full coverage so it doesn't block the pores. But, yeah. like, it is a bitch to get off, isn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, and acrylic dries so fast. So, what am I, I've done, like, some self-body paint stuff, and I think I mixed – it might have been acrylic, actually. It was either acrylic or tempera or both or something, but I mixed it with lotion, and that came right off.
1: I started mixing it with water and I found that that, I figured if anything, it would at least dilute the properties of it and it would extend the volume yeah. while making it easier to get off. Yeah. So.
2: I imagine like lotion you know, or even like air conditioner it's a little more liquid, probably yeah. Um, But yeah, you need to do that, that suspension, drip, paint driven
3: stuff.
1: But it's interesting, interesting, isn't it? Like when you get the paint, like, Like, how did you feel about, like, the sensation of getting the paint on you, like, with the brush?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, I've done, like, full body paint, like, full intricate stuff, and it's relaxing. Just lay there and, like, get a tattoo that doesn't hurt, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, Vinny, you you got any other questions? I I see you kind of thinking over there. I, don't know, I, want, I want to give you a chance before.
0: <laughs> no, no. Just, yeah, think it through. I mean, some of the stuff we kind of asked Aubrey, and I was like, okay, yeah, she already kind of relayed that information, kind of said that. So nothing that, like, kind of, I think, popped my head. I was I was trying to take, kind of, just soak it in. All right, <laughs> know, like to, okay, so. What would it look like? I mean, because that was one of the big questions with, with Aubrey. How long did it take to, to clean off? And I think the stuff that she was using, she's oh, she
1: using. Huh? You mean Lana, the body? It was Lana, yeah, it
0: was Lana. Yeah, yeah. She was saying that it was fairly easy to take off. But then I think Michael was talking about some of the stuff that he was using before. It was a little bit harder.
1: Well, because Lana was using what she was supposed to be using. And I was going in direct violation of OSHA regulations and what people are yeah. putting stuff on your skin that you are not supposed to put on your skin. But, uh, you know, like I said, we talked with Lana about that, how you can't find the large quantities of that stuff. So it's like... Uh, you know, I would it love to see if you come up with that so that that was a possibility for the future. Yeah. But we do have the episode for those that want to check that out uh, with Lana, where we talked about body painting. We also have the episode we did with Autumn. That was uh, episode, I think, three, where we talked about sex and art and marketing. So if you like this conversation, you can check that one out. I've done shoots and collaborations with Autumn. I've also done them with Raven. You've both been absolutely wonderful to work with. Uh, you're just super sweet, super kind, very easy to work with, very positive experience. And I have loved uh, just the opportunity to collaborate with you. And so I appreciate the opportunity to do our project, but I also appreciate you and your willingness to come on and have the conversations and to use the platform to kind of join me in talking about some of the things that other people don't talk about a whole lot.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Raven, for, for being here. I mean, I think for everyone, right? I mean, it's, I mean, if you're, especially if you're looking at, or you know, someone looking to get into the space, I think listening mm-hmm. to these kind of podcasts are probably a good avenue, right? Because it's yeah. you, you and not Lana, I think it was uh, oh. Autumn, Autumn, right? Autumn, yeah. I mean, had a different kind of perspective of how I think how her parents perceived it. If you were listen to Autumn, that she actually, I remember saying that her, her and her mom didn't have that great of relationship like that. And then how your parents are very on board with this right so there's there's like we don't talk about it but yeah. it's not
2: like they're ashamed i don't think At least that
3: yeah right. for sure
2: yeah. Not, they're not like wanting to get a new a real job or anything like
1: that um well yeah. and i mean it is a real job you know there's yeah. a lot of work like we talked about that goes into it and like the conditioning and stuff, and like the boxing that you do and like all the stuff you do to stay fit and yeah.
0: Well, I think the community college avenue too, right? I mean, I, I would have been never guessed in a million years that go to a community college because that's probably going to be safe, right? Yeah. Relatively yeah. safe, right? And then at least gives you an avenue to kind of get the stepping stone if you like that. I mean, take it to the mm-hmm. next level and the next level and build your Instagram or whatever it might be. But yeah. I think there's, I mean, at least stuff. So if someone's listening right now and they know someone that's looking to get in the space, I mean, I think it's a probably great episode for them to actually soak some knowledge in.
2: Yeah. And I'm that not one is- to be like, keep pushing your limits. Like, I mean, I like to push my limits because I like adventure and excitement. Um, like I, I, my first number one advice would be like, do what you're comfortable with. Um, but yeah, like start small and go from there if you want or not, or not. Yeah. I think
1: it comes down to finding yourself it whatever that may be, mm-hmm. like feeling supported on your journey. And if you're not getting the support you need, going out and finding the support. And sometimes you may need to be kind of on your own a little bit if you're not getting the support you need. But uh, I think that we've been able to, with the talks we've had kind of show the spectrum and maybe for some of the people that tuned in and listened, it wasn't quite what they expected, you know, the behind the scenes, how it really works and just seeing the real people behind it, you know, they are real people, you know? So I think some people are out there passing judgments, but I think that, you know, I would love for them to tune in and, and hear these conversations and learn a little bit more.
3: So, guys,
0: please go go in the show notes, go find Raven. subscribe to the Art for Everyone podcast. Um, We do this live on YouTube, mostly on Thursdays. The audio usually goes out on Mondays. Uh, So please subscribe, please share and go share this with, with all your friends. Thanks for listening to the Art for Everyone podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with your hosts, check them out on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.